Hello everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Downsizing. Uh, On this podcast, we will figure out when the office actually ended because everyone got fired. My name is Curtis, and I will be your host. Along with me is my co-host, wife, and resident office expert, Antoinette. Hello, everyone. So, Antoinette, let's establish your office expertise. What makes you the resident office expert? So, I came to the office in college. My very first episode was actually... Would have been my sophomore year, and it was the Super Bowl episode, which was stress relief, which was one of the most uh, funny episodes of The Office, season five. So then I had to go back, but I had a lot of uh, teammates that were very into The Office and had all the seasons. Um, so that was kind of easy to uh, get acclimated to. And then had a bit of a rough patch as far as personal life in college. So I was up late through the night watching a lot of The Office, and it became sort of a comfort to me at that time. So big fan, uh, lots of friends in college that were also big fans, so we were often quoting it to each other, watch the episodes live. Mm -hmm. So I have probably seen... I don't know how many times, like dozens, at least a dozen times, especially the early episode or early seasons. Season eight, awful. We'll watch it, but it's pretty bad. Not many redeeming moments there. Um, And I had a lot of the trivia games. My sister, Michelle, really loves The Office. So just a lot of people in which to uh, quote it. And then I also read BuzzFeed, which seems obsessed with The Office, so I get a lot of little insights there. Right. (laughs) Um, How did you come to The Office, Curtis? I don't remember specifically, like, the first time I saw it or whatever. Um, One memory I do have is one day in college, and it wasn't a particularly rough day or anything like that. It was a Friday. It wasn't like it was a rough week or anything. I, on my way back to my apartment, I got like a 30 pack of Natty Lights <laughs> and just plopped down on the couch, put in one of the office DVDs and started playing the office drinking game by myself. Oh my God. Eventually one of my roommates came in and joined me for a little bit, but overall, yeah, that's pretty much my first memory. I never watched it in season. I never you know, did a catch-up binge or anything like that, so. Do you remember what season that you started with? I do not remember, It would have to be probably three or four. Like two or three, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, One thing that you did say, though, is that it became kind of this comfort thing for you, and I think that's what will probably be this show's lasting legacy, especially Mm -hmm. with it being featured on Netflix. Yes. Is that... It's, it is the thing that you can just put on when you need some background noise. You don't know what else you want to watch. You can just pop in or you can just put on the office and just let it run. And, you know, you're not missing anything, but it is still as entertaining as the first time you ever saw that show. For sure. But when I couldn't sleep the night before our wedding, I came 
out to the living room and just watch The Office. So Very nice. So, in this episode, we are going to cover Season 1, Episode 1, The Pilot. Which premiered March 24th, 2005, just to give some time reference. Right. It, it, you don't, it doesn't seem like this show was that long ago. It's, I know. 14 I mean, years. Yeah. I mean, it, not that much time has passed by, but it still you know, holds up even like the early seasons. In this episode, we get kind of a general introduction to the characters. We see some themes that will become prevalent throughout the entire show's run. Mm -hmm. And we are introduced to Michael's managerial style. This episode is pretty different from other episodes. They don't really hit their stride until midway of season two of how they want to structure the show. Season one in general... Is very different. Is, I mean... The first time that we ran through the show completely, and this was this was probably my first time going through the whole the whole show. Season one's a tough watch because it's it really is the vibe of the first season is laid out very in this very first episode, and it's awkward. It is yes. cringeworthy. It it's a just, lot of Michael. Yeah, it's a lot of Michael being Michael. Yeah. And so you don't have any cold open, you don't have any storyline established between the characters, and you also have a lot of lot of unknown faces in the background. The setup wasn't there, so you could tell they're really just trying to throw things at the wall to see what works. And that's why I say midway through season two, you have an established cast of characters, you have an established um, rhythm of the show, and that is really not the case here. So one thing, if you are familiar with the show, and I imagine if you're watch, listening to this podcast, you are, one thing that we see that is completely different from the rest of the episodes, or most of the rest of the episodes, is that we don't get a cold open, mm -hmm. the, the kind of mini skit that comes before the opening credits. Um, so we get into the episode... And one thing that is immediately prevalent is Michael's hair. Yeah. Uh, he does not quite have that full head of hair that he has in later seasons and in his movies. At this point, Steve Carell's best uh, known roles had been on The Daily Show. He was part of the Even Steveman segment with Stephen Colbert on The Daily Show. So this was his first foray kind of on his own. And Anchorman has to be around now. Anchorman and 40-Year-Old Virgin are around the corner. And this show would not have ever gotten off the ground if not for the popularity of 40-Year-Old Virgin because NBC was going to can it after kind of a lukewarm reception to season one. But in the, in the off season, if you will, over that summer... 40-year-old version came out, Steve Carell got big, and they're like, all right, we'll give him another shot. Because otherwise, there was oh, he was the only really known entity on the show. So it does not take long for this episode to get to the first instance of why we created this podcast. <laughs> because the first interaction that we see Michael have with another co-worker... He would have been fired for. He introduces Pam to the camera crew and says something along the lines of, 
you should have should have seen her when she started. Actually, the very first uh, instance we see is when Jim is in his office and he talks to the library manager, but still questionable because he accidentally calls the library manager, who is a woman, a gentleman, and a scholar. But then he introduces Pam um, to the camera crew and really is not even a uh, questionable case of sexual harassment. Right. Soon after this, we get introduced to the namesake of this podcast because Jan, who is Michael's (laughs) boss, comes into the office to speak to him and tells him that the corporate wing of Dunder Mifflin is considering downsizing either their branch or a different branch in Stamford, Connecticut. And downsizing is a is a looming threat over the office for pretty much the entire run of the show, but definitely from seasons one through six. Um, seasons one through three, it's it's most uh, apparent because that is kind of a pretty heavy storyline and is driving a lot of the actions. So in this meeting with Jan, in which downsizing is brought up, we Michael gets a phone call from Todd Packer, who is a sales rep that is just on the road. He's a semi-recurring character. He pops in every worst. once in a while. <laughs> During this phone call, we get our second instance of someone getting fired because Todd Packer uh, makes a joke about the carpet matching the drapes. He makes in, several jokes about right, Jan. In reference to Jan. Again, and, an instance of sexual harassment. And the actor that plays Todd Packer, I don't know his name, it's but... Dave Ketchner, something like okay. that. Okay. He's, he's, um, he is also in Anchorman. Also in Anchorman and also appeared on The Daily Show. And he also went to Mizzou. Oh, didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So, so a connection to Steve Carell. Right. Todd Packer should have been fired and in, in, in our, for our purposes of this podcast will be fired... Many times over. Yes. As we make our way through this episode, we do see some things that will be running plot lines throughout the entire show. One of those is the relationship between Jim and Pam. Now, their first interaction is relatively harmless. It's just Jim at Pam's reception desk and just talking to her. Later on in the episode, though, there is allusion to that being a little bit more than meets the eye. Jim knows Pam's favorite yogurt flavor. Mixed berry. He is seen several times talking to her throughout the episode in a very flirtatious way. So even though we see the seeds of Jim and Pam, and that is a recurring storyline... As a first-time viewer, you wouldn't actually think this is going anywhere because of Roy. Right. So we get this very will-they-won't-they vibe between Jim and Pam. And towards the end of the episode, we find out that Pam's engaged to Roy, who is one of the workers in the warehouse. And Roy's a huge dud. They've been engaged for three years already at this point. No end in sight. Also recurring storyline right. for, for, for the early seasons. Right. So what becomes pretty much the main storyline of the first 
three seasons or so mm-hmm. is almost seemingly snuffed out from the very beginning. Right. You really, in watching this pilot episode, you're like, oh, that's not going anywhere. They're just friends and Jim has an unrequited crush. Right. We also see the rivalry between Jim and Dwight take shape as well. Um, One that is not so friendly at this point. This is a great plot point because it it adds humor to the show. And not a lot happens in this episode. Truly, it's a lot of table setting. Right. A result of this rivalry is our third firing of (laughs) the episode. And it's for Jim, who puts Dwight's stapler in jello. Now, this would be seemingly harmless. However... Dwight says he did it again, which leads us to believe that this is not the first time Jim has put any office, Dwight's office equipment in Jell-O. So he would have been reprimanded for this before. So at this point, we have to assume this would be the breaking point. So Jim (laughs) no longer works at Dunder Mifflin. So fun fact, um, that whole sequence used to be my ringtone. (laughs) (laughs) I could see that. (laughs) That's pretty great. In my opinion, there's a couple other running storylines that get planted in this episode. One is Dwight as the assistant or the assistant to the regional manager. That is something that runs all the way through season nine. Mm-hmm. And then Michael, Michael is a lonely man. And coworkers as family is something that he brings up. All the time, especially as it relates to downsizing. He's not going to let anything happen to his family. And Stanley is usually the one that's like, we're not family. We just work together. And so he sort of puts Michael in his place. And Michael's like, no, no, we're all best friends. So so let's recap our firings, Curtis. Right. So in this episode, Michael got fired. This is his first firing, obviously. Todd Packer gets fired. This is his first firing, and Jim also gets fired, also his first firing. So, Antoinette, what are some fun facts and little bits of trivia about this episode that kind of get sprinkled throughout? So, I have a couple. Um, So, just off the top, if you listen carefully, Michael bought for himself the world's best boss mug that he loves so much. And that's a very reoccurring uh, prop. And I believe Steve Carell took that from the set when he left. Also, Dwight and Angela are already in a relationship when the show starts. And we know that because Dwight is humming somewhat aggressively Little Drummer Boy, which is Angela's favorite song. And no one knows, and we really don't know as an audience that something's going on between them until somewhat late into season two, but also a reoccurring storyline. When a joke doesn't land with Jan uh, during their meeting in Michael's office, he says his brother came up with it. In actuality, Michael doesn't have any siblings. Um, He does have a stepfather, so unless he has um, step-siblings, but as far as we know... Michael's an only child. The line that Pam says to Jim when we first see them interact at her desk about whether or not Jim is going to go to Angela's cat party was actually improvised. Uh, 
Angela Kinsey, who plays Angela Martin, in real life was having a party for her cats and had invited Jenna Fisher. And so she was joking about that with John Krasinski, but on camera. And for the last tidbit, the outside shot we get of the building is not the regular building that we're used to seeing. Um, oh, and I forgot, in the opening credits, um, John Krasinski actually went to Scranton, Pennsylvania and filmed uh, those sequences that you see of the town. So that is actually Scranton, Pennsylvania. And they use that um, They use that really up until season eight or nine where they do a shortened version of the opening credits. So that's all I have for fun facts about this episode. Very nice. So at the end of each podcast, we are going to name an employee of the month. It is essentially the, in our opinions, the employee that won the episode. My employee of the month for this episode, despite the fact he gets fired for it, is Jim for <laughs> putting Dwight Stapler in Jello. It is just a very funny bit and just kind of sets the tone for what their relationship is going to be for the entirety of the series. My employee of the month is Michael because he really gets most of the camera time here and we really see his personality and how he runs the office, how he drives everyone else nuts, but he's also an incredibly good manager. He talked about how he um, cut costs and increased profits. He actually does well, but he just gets in his own way most of the time. Um, but we really, this really, this episode is really about Michael. For sure. So that is all we have for this episode. Um, kind of a short, what I imagine will be one of our shorter yes. um, recordings. Just because there's not a whole lot of substance in this. There's not really an A plot, B plot happening. It's it's truly like, this is the show. For sure. So, thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you guys continue to listen. We are going to shoot for getting one of these out pretty much every week. So, I uh, hope you guys keep listening. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.